I, uh, I left my, my, my newer, newer, newest Bible at home, so I have my older Bible, one of them. All of my kids take my old Bibles. The reason they do that is that there's tons of notes in them. And I want to show you something so that your life won't fall apart. If your Bible is, you're not. So, you know, I went back in the house to get my Bible, and I guess I left it, and I look, and I can't find it. So I, I have them on my shelf. I have a bunch. Go to Philippians, or Philemon, I think, Philemon. If I put Philippians, please forgive me, Philemon 1.6. I'm going to do something tonight. It's real strong in my heart. I'm going to find it in here. That Old Testament or new? Just kidding. I don't ever go there in this this book very much. It's in here somewhere. There it is. It's only one page. I was at it. And it was all taped up. I want to talk. The sermon. The the title says "Why in Christ." That's not totally true. That's partly true. Really want to talk about. The why of confessing the word. Amen. I want to I want to get into it deep with you, because it's it's extremely important for you to understand this. There's a lot of things in the Bible that'll never be real to you until you put them in your mouth. That's right. And and sometimes that becomes a discipline to take the Bible and for you to say what it says about you. But you believe yourself more than you believe anyone else. You're waiting on someone to preach, preach a good sermon to you, preach one to yourself. So I'm going to talk about confessing the word and really where it came from, why we believe it, why we do it, um, what happens if you don't. And, and so there's, there's a lot of controversy, not a lot, but there's some controversy out there about the, the, the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it group. That would be us. That's me. I'm a name it, claim it, grab it. And because of that, there's people who, who walk into church and go, oh, I, I don't understand that. But see, once you hear something negative, you'll, you'll remember the negative. Someone could say a hundred good things, but you'll remember the negative. You know. Um, watch what you say about people. Negative. Because people don't tend to forget that. For whatever reason. Even if it isn't true. You know. So, so through my life, one of the most powerful things I ever learned was the confessing of the word. Now, here, here is the issue with it. You're not talking God into the notion of doing something. So I'm going to read to you what, what I wrote here. Um, to confess, name it, claim it, God moves because we said something. But faith in God is we say something because God moved. 
I know, I know that went right. Whoa, hold on, say it again. The denominational Christianity missed it completely with their sovereignty message because now they've got God running everything and that's created an enormous amount of apathy. Well, we're just waiting on the Lord. Well, you're, you're not. You know, if you are, you're backing up and he's not doing anything because he already did everything and finished and he sat down. Now, who's, where's stalemate? So listen to this right here. Name it, claim it. That's, why they, that's what they say about us. You just name it, claim it. God moves because we said something. No, that's not, that's not true. We're not moving God. We're saying something because he moved. Do you understand? We're, we fight all battles from victory. We're not trying to gain anything. Jesus already did it all. And so the foundation of confession is not for God's sake. It's for your sake and my sake. Because a lot of times the Bible is not real to us. We read it and go, I know what it says. And, and, and you'll hear yourself, I know what it says, but I know what it says, but okay, no condemnation on you, but I'm going to teach you how to get the but out of your vocabulary. I know what he said, glory to God. Okay, now in Philemon, we're going to start there, 1-6, I think it's 1-6, yeah, it is. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. You want it to be effective. You want your faith to work. I want my faith in God to affect my life. Do you want your faith to work? Yes. Yes. Now let's see what it says. The sharing of your faith may become effective by acknowledging every good thing in you in Christ. Now, what that means is that we need to acknowledge what he did. We need to have a point that we are coming into agreement with God. Now, that is what confession is. Now, let me read you the definitions of confession. Now, don't ever forget this, Philemon, because there's a foundation of, of, of your faith. How do you get it to work? How do you get faith in God to work for healing? How do you get it to work for finances? How do you get it to work for your family? How do you get this thing to, to work? If God's already done it, he's sitting down, okay, you did it. Now, okay, thank you that you did it. See, there's no faith in that. Now, if you're praying, oh God, do something, do something, do something, there's no faith in that. Because he's already done it. So now it's like, okay, I don't even know how to pray anymore. I'm going to show you. So, so you acknowledge every good thing in you in Christ. Now, go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I'm going, I'm going to do something one day, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and I'm going to see if I can get someone in here to help me do it. I want to get me three plywood guys, not girls, just guys. And I want them on three quarter inch plywood and I want the guy in shorts and a t-shirt and flip flops, just standing there. 
and I want to be able to pull him off the rack, that's his body, and set him aside so that you can see his soul. I'm going to paint the soul yellow. He's going to have the same eyes, same color hair, and he just won't have a t-shirt and shorts on. And that'll be the soul. And then I want to pull that plywood up and then show you the real guy. Because man is a triune being. Now, until you know that, until you know that, the Bible will never make sense. You'll read it. You'll, I just love the Lord, but you know, in the, I'm telling you right now, I just read that. It don't make no sense. There have been wars fought over the saving of the soul versus the saving of the spirit. And say, who's right? Well, both, both of them. Which one's right, holiness or grace? Both. Which one's right, grace or faith? Both. Which, who are you talking about? Your spirit, your soul, or your body? And you have to know that, but which one is you? Which one's you? That, see, listen to me. If you don't know who you are, you're ineffective. Now, America has an identity crisis. That's, that's why people run around. Now, if you have tattoos, don't get mad at me. That's why they tattoo themselves when their nose to their toes, the earrings and the haircuts and the funky clothes, because they don't know who they are. You are not a body. Your identity is not Haitian. You're, you are Haitian, body, but you are son of God Amen. in a Haitian body. Amen. Now, if you don't know that, you'll, you'll live your life trying to get your identity from something other than God. And then when you come to church, then all we're going to do is confuse you. Amen. You're going to go, well, they just don't care anything about me. Who's me? Who you be? All right, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May the God of peace sanctify you whole completely and may your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless to come in the Lord Jesus Christ. Until you know that, you, you love God, the, the, the love of God is in you, the spirit of God is in you, you love the Lord and you spend your life confused in your soul. You're just like, one day you think you're a sinner, next thing you think you're a saint, next day you think love God loves you, next day, and you're, and you're kind of schizo. And then you come to church and you, and you just sit there and hope, I wish to God somebody would help me. Well, I'm fixing to. All right, now, because you are a spirit, have soul, live in a body, the very first thing you need to understand is that you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body, but you are not a body. Well, I'm German. No, you're not. You might have had ancestors that came from over there, German. If you're American, you're a Sooner dog. Thank you. I knew that would thrill you out of your mind. Just a little bit of everything, amen. Kind of a, 
Coca-Cola and the knee-high orange and the grape juice. and the... That's me. Amen. All right. Go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. And do you remember the scripture that Paul said, I was crucified with Christ? Answer me. Did he die on the cross? Well, he did, but he didn't. Well, we haven't decided whether I'm talking about his body or his spirit. But apparently when he wrote that, He said, I was nailed to the cross with Jesus. And and we know there was two other guys and we know Paul wasn't there. So Paul is not writing from the perspective of I am a body. Because Paul's body did not die on a cross next to Jesus. So if you don't understand when he says, I was crucified with Christ, then that, that scriptures like that are just going to throw you. But, but Paul, all of Paul's writings write from this perspective. Who is he in Jesus? All of them. His whole writing, the Pauline epistles, right from in Christ. And okay, I've said that. Second Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, now let me, how'd you get in Christ? Well, when Jesus went to the cross, he went as substitute man for everyone. All right, now let me, let me let's go way back to the garden. You were in Adam. I mean, way back there, but you were in him. When God made Adam, he put the whole human race in him. So that when Adam fell, you fell. You went, that's not my fault. Correct. It wasn't. That's why God did what he did. But but in Adam, all died. In, In Adam. You say, well, I wasn't even in the garden. Yeah, you were. Legally, you were. So when Jesus came, God had to start a new race because the old race had failed. Now, I'm going to say this only briefly because people just can't handle it. The whole human race, the whole dang mess is a failure. That's true. So quit telling me about being Puerto Rican. Who gives a rip? Uh, and, and I know that's offensive. Shut up. The whole race is a failure. Well, they did this, right. They did that, right. So did you. Whole thing. All sin fell short of the God. How many? Every by God body did. All right. So when Jesus walked the earth, he walked it perfect. And then he took all of the race in him. And God poured all of the wrath for you and everyone on him. So that when he became, when he went to the cross, God sees Adam 
going to the cross, and, he, and Jesus died there. Didn't just die physically, he died spiritually. And that means him who knew no sin became sin. He didn't take sin, he became it. See, see we, we say things in Christianity, and, and they confuse you, and, it make, because, and you heard it from church, and, and the pastors confuse you because they're confused. Your smoking dope and cussing is not what was sending you to hell. Jesus, now don't throw anything at me. Just don't, just don't throw anything. Unless it's a key lime pie. Throw, just throw it. Okay. Jesus didn't die on the cross for your sins. Yes. He died on the cross because you were sin. Him who knew no sin, singular, became sin. That you might be made the righteousness of God. So since sin killed you, you were dead. And then Jesus obeyed God. And, 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 and when, when, when God was satisfied with, the, with G, what Jesus did, God raised him from the dead. So we have one man alive, only one, alive. Spiritually, the firstborn. But the moment that you confess him as Lord, you and him become one person. Now, where did God get that idea from? Marriage. You can't be married to anyone if, you, if your husband is alive. That's adultery. It, it wasn't put in there to keep preachers like me from ever marrying again. It, it's just, that's just, that would be the unforgivable sin. That's stupid too, so. The church has screwed up more of people than the world ever did. Thank you. Okay. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he became righteous, but you're dead, and he married you. And now he gave you his righteousness because you and him are one person. That is the way God sees you now. He, he only sees you in Christ. If any man is in Christ, that, that, that verbiage is the, is the key that completely unlocks the Bible. If any man, anybody, anywhere, anybody... Wicked, lying, cheating, sorry, worthless dog gets in Christ. It becomes a new creation, a new species. You are not forgiven. You don't even have a sin past. And you don't even have a sin nature. Now, aren't you glad that God don't know you the way you know you? Now, it isn't that God doesn't know you have a little issues here and there. Now, God's biggest issue is getting you to see you the way he sees you. Wow. Once we accomplish this, we can then go on to working on the soul which is not saved. That's the part of you that still, those people down there in that church are a bunch of hypocrites. I know a bunch of them and they're crazy as kids. In our soul, yes. In our body, yes. In our spirit, perfect, baby. Amen. All right. 
but now you will never get your soul straight until you know you're not trying to become. Boy, I'm doing good. I'll tell you what, I'm just working on myself. Stop, God did all that. He worked on you real good. So it's through the acknowledging. Wow. All right. Yeah, I am doing good. Here, let me tell you why. It's almost like I need to come preach this about once every four months because you always have somebody walking in the church and they were out there in another church and they just love the Lord. You know that, you know that, you know they love God. And they're screwed up. And then many of us have matured on and they were just kind of looking at it and they're, they're like, these are the happiest bunch of people I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, they just act like God hung the moon and they wrote their name in the stars. And, and then they're just sitting there in under condemnation because they see themselves after the flesh. They have a list of their own wrongdoings. And God don't even have one, but we all have one. And we're waiting for the feelings to come that would, never mind. How are we doing? All right, say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. And I am a new species of mankind. And I'm going to say something else. We're going to prove it in a minute. And you're perfect. Now, I want you to look at her and say, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. And I want you to look at him and say, I, I knew it all along. <laughs> you said it before, don't worry. I learned that while. Why, why is that important? Because it's very important that you and I learn to view each other through the blood. Amen. That's a good man. That's a good woman. They're the workmanship of God. Their soul worked up? No. The flesh? No. But as long as we view them after their soul, they're, they're, they're always trying to impress. They don't, they don't need that in church. There needs to be total acceptance based Jesus accepted him. Jesus accepted her. Washing the blood. They're both new creations. Now, give them some water to grow. And what's in them to, to work on the outside. That's love. Okay. Ephesians 1. You know, I, I, I make all these notes and I make hundreds of them. <laughs> and I'm just, I always think, Daryl, can't you preach from two scriptures? And I can't. I don't know how. I have to have 20, yes, crazy. just to start. <laughs> uh, Ephesians 1, look, look at this scripture. Blessed be the God and the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, let's talk about confession a minute. I don't know how, how am I doing for time. All of these scriptures about you, who you are, do not become real 
just because you read them or I read them to you on a Wednesday night. They only become real as you begin to meditate. The word meditate means to mutter or to worry the word. Take all the things you're worried about and turn them into the word and just worry yourself healthy. Bless God, have you seen me in Christ lately? I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. The only place you'll see it is in the book. Because your spirit man has no feelings. You're waiting on a feeling? I don't feel God. Well, he's in there, and I don't feel him either. Well, Sunday morning I said something about it, I don't feel saved. You ought to have seen all the people. <laughs> and I didn't ever finish my statement, but I'll tell you this. Feelings follow thoughts. If I don't like the way I'm feeling, change the way I'm thinking. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you with your wives right now. If your wife isn't feeling it by her gift, her feelings for you will change because she'll start thinking good thoughts about you. So the key is go to the store and buy her a gift. You say, well, how many gifts do I have to buy? Well, I don't know how bad your marriage. I'm, I'm being about, I'm being serious. If you want to change the way you feel, why don't you just stop thinking what you're thinking and change what you're thinking about? And I'm not talking about making up stuff. I'm talking about thinking about stuff that's true. Yeah. Okay. No, no, Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 1. And you, he made you alive, who were dead in trespasses. Now, we know he's talking about your spirit. Because you weren't physically dead. Now, this goes back to the Easter. Now, let's go back to Easter a minute. The whole denominational thing is that Jesus died physically, and, he, and, the, and the beating was for your sins, for your forgiveness, and then he went down into hell. They don't know what in the world he did down there for three days. And then he came back and rose to the dead, but in their mind, everything was physical. You start talking about spiritual death, you will throw them slap off the horse. They have no concept of that. Okay, but how could his physical death affect your spiritual death? It couldn't. You were dead in sins, but yet you were walking around. So we know it wasn't your. We know it was, he's not talking about your. You were dead physically. You were dead spiritually. In Adam, all die. In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Hebrew says dying, you'll die. Dying spiritually, you'll eventually die physically. Took a thousand years, and we'll get into that one day on why that took so long and not now. That's all pre-flood. Atmosphere changed after the flood. Everything in the atmosphere changed. Okay. So if you were dead in sins... 
in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom you once conducted yourself in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of your flesh and of your mind, and were by nature children of wrath, by nature, that was your nature, just as it's not your nature anymore. You don't even have sin in you. But God, who rich in mercy because of his great love, where he loved us, even when you were dead in trespasses, made you alive together with Jesus by grace Unmerited favor, you've been saved and raised you up together, made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the ages to come, he might show you all kinds of really cool stuff, all because of what Jesus did. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest you boast and brag about it. All right, so you're saved. But what part of you is saved? Your spirit. Now, when we say your spirit, that's really not correct talk, but we have to say that. Because to say I'm saved is talking from your spirit, I'm saved, but you know I'm a spirit. We can't get into it tonight, but you would stop having trouble with I'm blessed, I'm healed, I'm an over, when you know you are a spirit talking, you're not a body. So my body goes, well, I don't feel too good. And I go, shut up, you're healed. I'm talking to it. It ain't talking to me. But see, you are talking as a body. Yeah, but I'm sick. Well, are you a body? Or are you a spirit? Well, then make up your mind who you are because you don't know who you be. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing real good. All right. Let's go Colossians 1. Let's go to Colossians 1. Now, when I first read this, as a Christian, I, 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 it, it, it just threw me. It just, I read it and went, hey, and it can't be right. One eleven, strengthened with all might according to the power and patience, long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who qualified me to be a partaker of the inheritance of saints and light and has delivered me from the power of darkness and conveyed or placed me into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom I have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of my sins. And I'm thinking, no, I don't. But what am I thinking? I'm thinking soul. I'm thinking body. And I'm reading it and going, uh-uh. I'm not redeemed. I don't, I'm sick. Do you understand? I'm confused is what I am. But Paul is not the real you, the real you, the real you. Let's look at another one. If, if this one didn't get it, this one's going to. 2.10. Let's read 2.9. For in him, in him, in Christ, in Jesus dwells all of the fullness of God, the Godhead bodily. You say, in Jesus, you go, yeah, I believe that. And you are complete in him. You're done, you're finished. No more work to do on you, you've arrived. He didn't begin a good work in your spirit. He did in you, spirit, soul, and body, but he didn't in your spirit. I'm not confusing you. So you have to start here. You want to go to second base? You got to start at first. Want to go to second grade? You got to go to first. So you are already complete 
in Jesus. Now, hallelujah. E.W. Kenyon, True Story, page 11. This is a documentary on Kenyon's life and his, the people he ran around with and the, the message of confessing the word has been around for hundreds of years. The Methodist preached it. The holiness preached it. God has been showing this to people. It didn't begin with Brother Hagin. Been around a long, long time. So when they say y'all, you mean y'all Christians? This has been around a long time. This didn't just begin. I'm going to read something to you from probably the early 1900s. This is written by a preacher. The solution of the fear problem is found in the fact that Jesus did conquer Satan. He did put sin away. He did restore lost righteousness to the heart of man. The lost righteousness is the cause of your inferiority complex and the sense of your unworthiness. Where is it stemming from? It's stemming from who you used to be, who you think you are in your soul, but Jesus fixed that and that's not true. How do we get you to have a righteous consciousness? Only through the meditating of the word and the saying what God says. Only, only when you say about you what God says about you does your Bible become real to you. You're not trying to become righteous, but you're not righteous conscious. You and I are, we deal with sin consciousness and and we're aware of our faults we're aware of our failures we're aware of our flesh but we're not aware of who we are and what happened when you got saved now let me let me read this am I doing good am I doing good I'm just doing so good the sense of unworthiness is a dark corner in the heart now he's talking about your soul where fear propagates where doubts come into full strength and vigor, where unbelief sinks its roots. If God can destroy the age-old sense of inferiority that came to us through the fall of Adam, fear loses its torment. You can live with no fear. Whoa. Now he's writing, I sought for a cure for fear. It is not a philosophy. It is not metaphysics. It is not human religion, scientific or otherwise. Fear can only be destroyed by the truth coming to us of our emancipation from the power of Satan and being right with God. Without that, you're going to be scared to death of the next COVID. And it ain't the COVID. 
It's because we haven't taught you and you haven't paid attention to the teaching. Do you think Jesus was afraid of disease? Why? You say, well, he's son of God. Well, then who in the Sam Hill are you? I don't think I could say that. That's the problem. If he made you one with him, what part of the number one did you not get? What's what's Trump's wife's name? I keep screwing it up. Do you think she has a poverty mentality? And she isn't rich. But he is. Therefore, she is. How am I doing? The point is, God is trying everything in his, his resources to get your mind renewed to what he did for you. Because without the renewing of your mind, you won't be able to ever walk by faith. Oh, I'm just believing God. Eh, probably not. Because the root of faith, I want to do this and I can't do it tonight. The root of healing is righteousness. If when you know that you know that you know that you know that you know, you're as righteous as God, you don't have any problem. Well, I could just get Jonathan Shuttleworth to pray for me. Who's Jonathan Shuttleworth? Well, he's a mighty anointed man of God. Yeah, and you're chop liver. No. Only in your mind. There was a day when he went, I found out who I am. I think I'm going to go cast the devil out of somebody. And he went and did it. And everybody's enamored with him, but he just learned who he was. That's all he did. The same righteousness Peter has, you have it. Same righteousness Kenneth Copeland has, you have it. The same righteousness Joyce Myers have, you have it. The, the, I don't, listen, Paul Youngie Cho, you have the exact same righteousness. You have the same righteousness as the Lord Jesus Christ himself. All right, all right, now, now I'm, 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 I want two hours with y'all so bad I can't stand it. I'm going to do it one day. I'm just going to come here and we're just going to stay here all night long. Glory to God, thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to, I got a couple more. This is where the devil really begins. Many people who say they're fighting the devil do not know what fighting the devil even means. It is a fight of faith in which the soul takes hold of the promise of God and holds on to it and believes it and declares it to be true in spite of everything the devil tells you. In spite of your circumstances, the way you feel, whether God seems to be fulfilling your promise or not, when your soul gets to the point where you do this and you hold fast the confession of your faith 
without wavering. What are you confessing? What he said. What he said. What he said. What did he say? Oh, how I feel. Shut up. What did he say? He will soon get out of the fog and the mist and twilight of doubt and uncertainty into the broad day of perfect assurance. Standing on the word when the promises of God are challenged by the devil was enjoyed by every holiness teacher in the past. The battle was against the devil's lies and feelings. Sounds a whole lot like a faith preacher today, don't it? Okay. Page two. Y'all never watched wrestling ball, did you? All right. All right. Hebrews 12. Let me blow your mind a little bit more before we go into another. Let me just blow your mind just a little bit. I just want to blow it. Just smoke coming out of your ears. Hebrews 12, 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to the God of the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made what? Who is he writing about? You. The spirit of a just woman made perfect. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you really believe you're going to heaven? How are you going to do it if you're not righteous? All right. Does righteousness begin when you die or is it now? Right. If God, see, the spirit of God can't live in you if you have any sin in your spirit at all. You have none. You don't have any. You don't even have any fear in your spirit. All of the fear you experience is coming to you from the outside, but not the world. They're full of fear because Satan's their father. That's why you don't want to listen to their newscast. Whoo, glory to God. Say, I'm perfect. Now, one day I'm going to come in here and talk about holiness, and you're going to look at me and go, I just said we're perfect. I was talking about that other guy. Talking about your spirit. So is there a working out? Yes, but never from the point of condemnation. God, working on me, let's work on this, let's work on this area and work out my salvation, what's in me. But if I'm not going to acknowledge that I'm free from sin, I I have to start from victory to win the battle. Boy, you have no idea how. Let me, can I tell you how to quit smoking? Light one up and go, I'm not addicted to cigarettes. I'm free from them. I'm complete in him. And I have no desire. Because sin ain't a part of me anymore. Well, you're just. You're just giving them license to sin. No, honey, they're sinning without a license. But the condemnation is what's holding you there. This too. That was good, wasn't it? You like that? That's pretty good. 
How many of y'all remember the Red Skeleton, uh, Frank and, you know, Freddie the Freeloader and all? And Red Skeleton never had a drink in his life. He did pretty good. That's where I learned how to act like that, watching Red Skelton. All right, never mind. <laughs> Let's do this one before we change and go to another drink. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. All right, hold your horses because I'm going to show you something in the Bible. I'm going to show you something and, you, and uh, you just do what you want to with it. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to their flesh. We regard nobody according to their flesh. Nobody. This is a man of God. He's not Haitian. He's not African. He's a man of God. That's the end of that. Look, look at this. From now on. Now, you, you, better, you better go down this road. We regard no one according to their flesh. Why? Your flesh can't do a positive thing. It is so bad, God is going to make you leave it here. So quit bragging on it. It ain't all that. Even though we've known Christ to go into the flesh, we don't even know him like that anymore. Why is the world so hung up on the flesh? Because that's their identity. It's not mine. One of the things that helped me, Pastor, Jack Hayford said something to me one night. I had the great joy of having dinner with him at his house. He said, see people as they can become. Man, that hell, I walked in here and went, y'all are awesome. <laughs> and y'all were glad I started thinking like that. Because I was looking for the good. Now go to Hebrews 4.14. How am I doing? All right. 4.14. Seeing then we have a great high priest, Jesus, passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, Hold fast to your what? Confession. What does the word confession mean? It means say the same thing. Hold fast to say what God said. What did he say? Now see, Satan is going to do everything in his power to get you off your confession. So the literal reading of this, hold, hold. The word fast is not in the Greek. Hold Hold. I mean, get, so Mark Hang has got a book called Get a Grip on Your Lip. And literally he's saying, hold on to what you're saying about yourself and your circumstances. Hold on. What did God say? Well, he said, I'm blessed. He said, I'm healed. Now hold on to that. Hold on to that. Because God needs you to hold on to it. So the new birth is called the great confession. Because you got born again. If you believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead and confess him as Lord, you'll be what? Saved. What's the Greek word healing? Sozo. What's the Greek word deliverance? Sozo. What's the Greek word saved? Sozo. 
It's all in, it's a, it's a package deal. We're the ones that split it up. You say, I'm saved. Yes, I am healed. Amen. Hold on to that. Yeah, but I'm trying, no, 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 no. You're not trying to do nothing. All you're doing is believing it and holding on to what he said about you. I am the healed. I'm the blessed. I'm blessed. I am a new creation. I'm the righteousness of God. Who are you talking to? Now, everything around you in your circumstances says the opposite. Even your mother told you that's not true. That's right. But the moment you start talking like that, yeah. you're, you're, go, you're gonna have relatives look at you and go, what? Yeah. Now, there's a bumper sticker years ago that denominational people put on, on their cars and the bumper sticker was 100% wrong. I'm not perfect, just forgiven. That's completely wrong. I'm not forgiven, I'm perfect. Now, I was going to put it on the sign out front. Someone said, don't do it. We don't want anybody to burn our church down. Because people, they want to identify with their failure, but not with what Jesus did. Are y'all getting that? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying my best. I'm just doing my goodest right now. Let's look at another one here. 10.23, Hebrews 10. By faith, Moses, when he was born, I think that's it. No, that's 11. 10, 23, didn't sound right. Let us hold fast our what? Of our hope without wavering, he who promised is faithful. Who, who's the one that needs to be holding on to the word of God? You do. God can't make good until you have taken a stand. All right, now, 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 now. Now we can go to... Uh, the book of James. Isn't this good? Yes, sir. All right. Oh, glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Now, just because I'm preaching this, it, 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 this takes a little bit of time. It, this is not something that you just, tomorrow it'll all be great. No, it won't either. You, you're going to school you're going to school yourself in the way you talk. But God is watching over his word to perform it, whether it's coming out of his mouth or yours. Amen. All right. James chapter 3. My brethren, let it not become teachers, knowing you receive a stricter judgment. We all stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in what? Word. Word. He's a perfect man. Now, we're talking about the soul now. Able to bridle the whole body. You mean the body is controlled by your mouth? Yes. I'm just so stupid. God Almighty. Shh. You'll always rise up and down in your life based on your confession. True. 
Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth. The point is a horse is a big animal. And they obey us. One little bit in the mouth, make a whole horse turn. One word on your tongue, make your whole life turn. I just wanted you to sit and go, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Look at ships, verse 4. They're really large. They're even driven by fierce winds. Yet they're turned by a very tiny rudder wherever the pilot desires. If you get in a ship, it doesn't matter what the winds are doing. If you want to go to Freeport, you can go to Freeport. But you're going to get your hands on the steering wheel and you're going to turn that rudder. And I don't care how big the ship is and I don't care how much the wind is. You're going to go where the rudder says go. The circumstance is not driving you. The economy isn't driving you. Your mouth is driving you. I wish I knew how to spell that. Yeah, I don't know how to spell that one. W-H-O, okay. All right. Verse 5. Even though the tongue is a little member, it boasts great things. See how great a little forest fire is? Now, you can really get something going with your mouth. The tongue is a fire, the world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members. It defiles the whole body. You screw up a whole church just someone running their stupid mouth. Sets the fire of course of nature set on fire by hell. Every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. You say, oh, my God, you were doing good until you read that. Why do you think the Holy Ghost wanted to get that? He's going, well, how are we going to help him, God? They just go get their tongue. <laughs> you get their tongue and get them talking in tongues, and I'll get pastor to teach them how to talk right, and we'll, we'll get them. We'll get, we can see if we can help them. Amen. Yet the greater one, now see, God's already changed. See, we're not becoming. We're not saying things trying to become. We're not becoming rich. We're rich. All right. Okay. With it we bless God. With it we curse men. Out of the mouth proceeds blessing, cursing. This thing not not be. Okay. So he's talking there about your mouth. Talking there about your tongue. Let's see what we need to read here now. Okay. Name. Confession also means affirming something we believe and testifying to a truth we have embraced. Okay. Lisa and I have this little book, Power of Words. I've actually had um, Gene make you a bunch of confessions, and um, I'll have them for you either Sunday morning or next Wednesday night for you to stick them in your Bible. But I want to go over um, the Bible talks about don't have two confessions. One minute, see, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, that's your soul, your double mind, double mind. One minute, God loves me. The next minute, he don't care about me. One minute, he, oh, I, oh, I love the Lord. I don't know where God is. And the next minute, oh, I'm broke. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I'm praying and believing God. Well, you're double-minded. You've got to completely stop it. 
get on one or get on the other. And, and this is not easy to do because you're going to find yourself going, mm, don't say that, don't say that. All right. So confessing the word helps you with that. So let me, let me go and find a few of these. There are several things in the Bible that you should say them often. One of them is 1 Peter 5, 7. Put it on the screen. This is something I say out loud a lot. You say, well, don't, didn't you get it? Yeah, I got it. But I said it yesterday and I said it today. And I say it all the time. Now, let's, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to take a scripture that's true and we're going to make a confession out of it. Here we go. I cast all my cares on God. He cares about me. Now, I don't have a care. I don't have any cares. I have given it to God, and he has it, and he cares about me. Now, when you first start saying this one, you might say this one like a thousand times the first day. You might find yourself walking around going, oh, I, care. I don't have a care in the world. I just... Glory be to God, he cares about me. God cares about me. I don't have a care. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Shut up. I don't have a care. I don't have a care. Yeah, but what about the economy? I said I don't have a care. And what happens is, is over time, that becomes very real to your soul. It's true that he cares about you, but it may not be true to you. So saying it, saying it, saying it, Jesus said, you can have what you say, not what you think, and not what Pastor Darrell said. I have what I say, and I don't have a care. I'm anxious about nothing. I worry about nothing. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? Now, I want you to pay attention to something. I want you to notice how the atmosphere around you has changed since you've been in church. Was it be the Lord was there? Well, he was with you before you came in. But what were you saying? before you came in here. Do you understand that? We're not, see, God didn't change, truth didn't change, and the anointing's not here because that guy right there, oh my God, oh yeah, love that pastor. Double his income. Oh, he just so anointed. I just walk in the church and the Holy Ghost hits me and then he just leaves you when you walk out. Why don't you be quiet? Greater is he that's inside of me than he that's in the world. Quit, quit placing your walk with God on a place. I'm doing real good. Okay, that is one of the most important confessions you'll make. Here, you want to hear another one? The Lord is my shepherd. I have no wants. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am not afraid of nothing. A thousand fall on my side and ten thousand on my right hand. It ain't coming near me. Glory be to God. The Lord is my shepherd. And you know how much wants I have? I don't have any. Now, that goes along with I don't have any cares. Now, worry is doing you more harm than anything else you're doing right now. And you've been taught that it's noble to worry. It's I care. I just care about them so much. And God doesn't. And you've got the whole world on your shoulders, darling. I mean, we just know you are so God. And the person who can't fix it's you. Because if you could, you would have. So the Lord, he is my shepherd. I don't have any ones. Now that one you only have to say like 500 times a day. Is this making sense? Because the Bible was written, God spoke it. So man could write it and man wrote it so you could speak it. Amen. The Bible that you're not saying doing you no good. In the fight with the devil, had, Jesus had with the devil, he was talking to him. Yes. You, you cannot win a silent battle. Mm, I thought that's pretty good. I should double my income. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question about healing. Are you going to be sick in heaven? No. Why not? Well, let's talk about why. Will the devil be there? No. Will disease be there? No. Why? Because God is there. But where does he live? Inside you. Okay. All right. Let's, let, let's talk about disease correctly now. Disease is payment for sin. Is your sins paid for? Okay. There was a village. It was either in Africa or India or someplace overseas. Always overseas. And a, and a plague broke out. And there wasn't a politician around. And they don't know where it came from. And so they called this lady who happened to be a doctor and she came and she said, the curse caused this will not come. Let's find out what caused it. They had found that a pig had fallen in the well and everybody drinking from the well was getting sick and dying. So they prayed. No, they didn't. They got the pig out of the well. Well, they didn't drink the water for a couple more days because it just takes a little bit of time. What do you think happened to the plague when they got the pig out? Disease is not so much you waiting on God. It's you removing the cause of it. Because you're not going to be sick in heaven. So when you start talking about by his bruises, I'm healed. Isaiah 53. Put Isaiah 53. Are y'all ready for a little healing tonight? Just, just, okay. Isaiah 50, 53, 3. 
I'm going to show you something. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. Verse 5. But he was wounded for your sin. Is it gone? The chastisement of our peace, he was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of peace with God was on him. And by those bruises, you're healed. So if you owed a house payment and they were coming to take your house and someone paid your house off, problem fixed. If they come and knock on your door, say, I got the paperwork right here. This is my house. Get out of here. I'll see you in court. You sorry, good for nothing, dog. This is my house. I own it. I got title deed. Do you understand you have a title deed to, to help? That's what fighting is. You're not, you're not trying to get the house. The house is yours. Now, y'all remember the story of Rosa Parks? I love the story of Rosa Parks. I'd like to meet her. I'm going to one day. When I get to heaven, I'll see Rosa. She didn't fight the Civil War. She was already free. You know what she did? She told the bus driver, shut up. I'll sit where I want to. Well, they took her to jail. Illegally. Could they keep her there? No. And what they did was illegal. She started a movement of people standing and, and, and black people still be riding on the back of the bus unless someone finally said something. You're going to stay sick until you say something. That's good preaching. You don't need to be riding on the back of the bus. and You don't need to be sick either. But you're going to stay sick until you open your mouth and go, no. I don't have to. No, I'm, I'm, I'm freed from this. I'm free from this. debt's paid. He paid for this with his blood. I overcome by the blood of the lamb. You ain't putting this mess on me. Yeah, but you ain't doing too good. I, don't matter how I'm doing, don't matter nothing about how I'm doing, whether I'm good or bad, shut your mouth. Amen. I got the right to healing. Yes. Now, your lawyer ain't saying nothing till you do. So by his bruises, what bruises? The ones for your iniquity. Okay. Say, say, Pastor, Pastor. you're doing so good. I wish you could go all night. Y'all, if you keep lying, I'm going to. I got one more confession. First Corinthians 1.30. But of him are you in Christ who God made to you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Did you know you have the wisdom? I'm going to close with this. I was walking through my apartment in Tulsa, and this was the time that I had the vision of, of, of my belly, water coming out of my belly and all of that. But like three days before that, I'm walking around and I'm praying I want to understand redemption. Understand, what I'm preaching now, there was a time I didn't know it. Didn't, it did. That book made no sense to me. I'm reading it going, this don't make no sense. I want to make sense of it. And the Lord said, use your faith. 
say, I have the wisdom. I went, oh, Shonda. So I said, Heavenly Father, I'm asking you for revelation knowledge, and I believe you've answered me, and now, in Jesus' name, I have the wisdom. This is what I'm showing you right now. This works for car keys. It works for everything. I have the knowledge. I have the wisdom. Listen, quit running around talking about how you're old and you ain't got no mind no more. Just be cool. Just stop it. I got the mind of Christ. Three days later, I'm walking through the house. Well, the next day I walked through the house and the devil said, you don't really believe that God's going to give you the wisdom. I said, no, I don't believe he's going to give me. I believe I already have it. And I knew right then. I went, okay, I got the devil on the run. He's, a, he's nervous. That was when the Saturday morning I woke up and had that experience with God. He came in my house at 10 and he left at 2. And he took me through the whole death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Showed me about Jonah. Showed me about Joshua and the son. Showed me about the rich man down in the region of the dam being born again. And how Jesus was born again in hell. And, became, and all that. I mean, I had an audible conversation with God from 10 to 2. That's powerful. But it didn't happen. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for a year. Nothing happened. Until I said... Uh, he has made unto me wisdom. Jesus is my wisdom. I have wisdom. Fighting from victory is, is a discipline. And, and it's not easy to make this shift. Because we've been taught all of our life to go after it. Jesus already went after it. Faith is a rest. Y'all are looking at me like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Books like this right here on words, I will pick up this book maybe once every two or three months and just read it from cover to cover and just sit in my chair and make confession after confession. Who I am, what's mine. And I make certain confessions every day. I don't have a cue. When I wake up in the morning, before my feet hit the ground, my eyes open, I go, I don't have a cue. I have no worries. God is on my side. Today's a good day. I'm blessed. Lisa, where's the coffee? But see, every day, every day, every day. I'm riding down the road with Mark Hankins one day, and we're right in the middle of a conversation. We're talking, and all of a sudden, he starts spouting scriptures. Yeah. Then he stops and goes back talking to me, and I went, okay, I can do that. And he's constantly saying what God says. I never lack for money. I never lack for opportunity. I am blessed. Can I tell you one more story? I'm out of time, but I want to tell you a story. I had my own business one time, and, and the first two weeks was just absolutely terrible. I liked, we liked to, we just about didn't eat. Thank God for macaroni and cheese. And I got in my truck one day and was headed to work, which I had. 
I had one little job that was going to pay me like $20 or something like that. And the Lord said, why don't you use your faith? I got in my truck and I said, I have work, work and more work. I have more work to do and I know what to do with. Jesus said, I can have what I say and I say I have work. I said, I have favor with God and man and I am blessed. Got in my truck and went to that job. Before the end of the day, I had another job. Before the end of the week, I was turning work away. I, I changed what I was saying. Say wow. Say it upside down. You're good. Was this good? Yeah, this is powerful, guys. This is basically what, this is basically the root of what we call the faith message. So ready to pray? Father God, I seal everybody in this room right now with truth and who they are and what belongs to them. I pray, Father God, that they would begin to rely and, and, and meditate and say what you say. The circumstances in our life will begin to change. They will begin to change when they change what they're saying. And Father, I pray they would learn how to say what you said, even though at the time it may not feel real. It is because it's what you said and you don't lie. I pray that right now as they walk out of here that they grab a hold of this and they walk out of here and I call them doers of the word and not hearers only. And I call everybody in this room victorious in Jesus. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.